This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Sourcing Journal Radio, our weekly check-in with apparel insiders and thought leaders, which spotlights a variety of topics currently driving change in the market. This podcast is made possible by Centric Software, the number one product lifecycle management solution for fashion, retail, footwear, luxury, outdoor, and consumer goods. I am Edward Hertzman, founder and president of Sourcing Journal. Today, we'll discuss how digitizing operations allows for better collaboration and relationship building between brands, retailers, and their suppliers. Joining us today are Cody Bumgarner, director of product operation for Crocs, a leading casual footwear company known for its lightweight cross-light material. We also have Eva Law of Futai, one of the largest footwear manufacturers in the world, and a longtime partner of Crocs. The two companies have said that their ongoing relationship, which has been strengthened by the use of the centric PLM system, has helped Crocs chase product when there's an unexpected spike in demand and improve on time in full delivery. Ava, um, I'd like to start with you. So let's start with the challenges. Uh, When you're working with your brand partners, especially those based overseas, What are the biggest pain points around communication? Um, Can you think of any specific antidote where lack of communication or miscommunication caused delays, uh, caused issues related to things like tech packs or product fit, which caused production delays? Um, One of the um, challenges is understanding our customer need, then turning that into reality. when we don't have the digital world, we used to use um, design, drawing. Um, it's hard for us, to, for, from a factory point of view, to understand what customer need. Um, to figure that out, we have to go fund, uh, back and forth with the sampling process, which takes lots of time and also costing. So, for example, in what we used to have on the design pad, maybe a word with the shiny effect. What does it mean by shiny? Is it glitter, or glossary effect, or electrical plating effect? So it could one word could mean so many things. Um, but how we understand what we uh, the customer need, what their images are, what their design need. So that was one of our hardest thing. Then into turning that into reality was one of the other um, challenges for us. Sometimes designer might have some crazy thought, then, but how we could turn that into reality, we may not always do what they need, but how we could provide the best solution, then turning that the best way that we could to fulfill their needs. Mm-hmm. So has sharing information digitally allowed you to improve communication and operations? Yes, um, 
this, uh, when we were back in the emails day, we will use um, maybe the cross-US team will pass information to the China-US team. Then the China's team will pass the information to us, to the factory. Um, that will many hands on the information, and then we are the last one to know. During that process, some information may be already miscommunicated. Now we can just log into the website and then we can directly see the first-hand information from the cross-US team or even designer feedback on it. So we understand what they need. Um, also, there's no on-hold on the project. Someone may be on leave, but everyone, anyone could, could log on to the Centric um, directly and then know what's the progress in US team and what we need to um, help to fasten the process too. So, Cody, kind of, you know, a uh, similar question is uh, before the days of, um, of of PLM, what were some of the biggest pain points that you experienced? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd say in general, our workflow was uh, just incredibly disorganized and um, inefficient. Um, you know, back back in those days, um, we were, you know, we're dealing with a lot of growth, um, you know, so because of the success of the brand, you know, we grew really rapidly, but we also grew uh, in a lot of different ways in different teams, different regions. Um, so really, that led to kind of everybody doing their own thing, um, whether that's through emails, um, team or individual specific uh, solutions for communication. Um, so, you know, it may work in smaller team subsets, um, kind of going your own way and kind of picking and choosing kind of how you want to communicate. Uh, but the reality is for us is that it just wasn't sustainable um, for a growing, uh, growing global brand. Um, so, you know, knowing that our team structures were really dynamic um, and will continue to be dynamic, um, you know, we knew we needed a solution uh, to kind of help us focus in on how we wanted to communicate um, as a global team. So, so obviously achieving on time and in full is, is a challenge for uh, any organization. You know, Crocs is no difference. There's, there's a lot of variables throughout the supply chain. Um, you mentioned that integrating uh, a PLM system has helped Crocs in this regard. Um, how so? And, and can you quantify the improvements? Yeah, I mean, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I could tell you on time in full is, is definitely a key metric in, in the health of how we operate. Um, and, you know, it's it's definitely just not on the product team, you know, that impacts that. Um, it's definitely company-wide ef efforts there. So, um, but we, what we can say is we, we do impact the success of on time in full through activity that is managed or not managed uh, in our PLM system. So, um, yeah, you know, what I always say is like what my job is in our team is really to help um, help people visualize uh, the makeup of the line. And I think because we work farther upstream on the product end, um, a lot of the a lot of the, the things we do upstream um, and the efficient the, the way that we if we can operate more efficiently, um, we set downstream systems and teams up for success, um, which includes, you know, ultimately on time in full. So one is, um, you know, at any given time, we probably have, could have 50% of MPI product in the line or planned in the line. Um, so the PLM system really helps us focus in on the rationalization of that product line. Um, 
uh, we have, you know, we have goals around uh, global SKU alignment. We have goals around um, SKU count reduction. Um, so when you're introducing so much newness into the line, um, the way you work and the way you communicate and the way you come to decisions um, is critical, right? And and being able to run a lot of our decision making through uh, the PLM system it actually helps us focus in on um, what needs to be in the line, what needs to be out of the line, how are we going to execute on it? Um, and then lastly, really, um, it I kind of say that the PLM really helps us focus on making sure we're speaking the same language. And what I mean by language is product language. Um, you know, we don't just operate um, in one place um, and in one team, but we actually all need to be working together to say, what do we mean by our core master data? How do we, how do we evolve the way our how do we evolve our data with the way our business is evolving and how do we integrate into ERP um, with that evolution? Um, so making sure everybody's staying together with the same data um, as, you know, our business evolves and, and uh, our relationships with our factory evolve. So uh, how does um, on time and in full affect your sell through and does that benefit? I would assume it benefits your relationships with your retailers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good point. And I didn't mention like we, we actually do track on time and full as metrics. And I, I can say from a high level that, um, you know, we were uh, what we would kind of describe as industry worst. And we had had feedback from, you know, our customers, our wholesale partners that, that would state that we were not very good at it. And, and um, now we believe we're meeting industry average or in, in many cases better than average. So and then to, to your question there, I mean, obviously, like everything is planned to hit market at a, at a certain time. So you want to be able to maximize uh, that that entry of that product, um, you know, with your marketing assets and everything at the right time. So, um, you know, can you get by? Yeah. But would you like to maximize? You want to maximize those opportunities when, you know, when they come. And so being able to deliver on time and full gives you the full benefit of, of maximizing um, in market. So, so Ava, obviously, um, speed to market is just a huge buzzword right now. It's a huge focus for everyone in the industry. With improved communication, um, it must also uh, help facilitate quicker turns. Um, can you provide specific examples of tasks that used to take longer that are now accomplished in a shorter period of time um, because of PLM? Um, yes. Um, getting feedback from the sample that we sent over to USA. Um, now in the PLM, there's a teardown report in it. Um, the US team can put in image, um, draw on it, put remarks on it, put notes on it. We can directly see with a visual that we understand what they want to change, what kind of um, uh, effect they want to achieve. Um, what it used to be is by emailing with writings. Now, with a visual, we can understand directly, straightforward, um, what we are missing, what the factory missed. Now, we can just straight away, and then into the next run of the sampling, we can correct the, correct the stuff that we need to make. So, it used to be, um, so in this season, we were, we were able to shorten our development time um, with Crocs by three months, so I think there's lots of impro- there's improvement to it. Um, but I think we did pretty good because all our sample was hitting on time. So I think that that one of the function with the teardown report 
in the PLM did really help us. That's great. You said you were able to reduce production time, or was that development time by three months? Development time, shorten the development time. Cody, I have to imagine that's a, a tremendous uh, um, reduction in uh, development for you, for you guys as an organization. Yeah, I mean, in in most in most situations, speed to market is is not just uh, important; it's critical, right? So, you know, speaking of um, you know speed to market um, and 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 production, um, no matter how well you plan, um, there's always going to be some production challenges. Uh, the que- the question really becomes is how capable is your organization at dealing with them, and and how does having a digital process and a digital communication uh, system help work through these uh, problems easier? Can you can you think of a specific example that would maybe um, illustrate a point of of having a digital supply chain and how you're able to respond to some production challenges better than than before? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, man, there are there are many. So I can focus in a few examples for you. So, um, you know, one one specific example, and I think Eva hit on it a little bit there, is just shortening our development time. So, um, we're really focusing in on, uh, you know, in general, how do we how do we shorten our development time? But there's also some key times where we need to be really fast. Um, we've notably uh, notably released a few key collaboration projects. Um, recently we've done a Christopher Kane, uh, collaboration project with Futai. Um, and that was really hinged on speed to market where, where, um, the delivery, um, and the fastness was, was critical on how, how we get, how do we deliver it to market, um, in a shortened time. So, um, and kind of under the radar too, right. These are all about kind of making, making a splash and, and talking about that, that unique collaboration. Um, so by having foundational, um, tools in place and, and digital processes in place. Um, because those are in place, when you need to execute quickly, you can rely on that foundation. Um, so that's, that's, that's one example. Um, the other example is, is really revolves around the fact that we are a global team. And I'm not just saying that from um, our factories in Asia, um, but we have, um, we have teams here in Colorado uh, we have teams in Italy. Uh, we have teams based, um, Crocs teams based on the factory side uh, as well in China. And then we also have teams, um, uh, manufacturing teams located in Vietnam. Um, so we're global. So one of the big barriers that you can run into when you're trying to, trying to drive um, decision-making, whether that is, is this the right design for the right brief, um, is really that we can't get everybody in the same place at the same time. It's never going to happen, and it's not realistic to think that it will happen. So, what do you what do you do from a system standpoint and a process standpoint to help people visualize the state of where we are in the in the design and development um, calendar? So, um, that's one way is really helping drive visualization and status. Um, so some questions, you know, would be like, what designs are ready for sampling? What, what samples have been requested? Um, what samples might've been, um, to, to Eva's point, had to tear down and, and already have feedback back on them for our next round. Um, on the factory side, uh, Futai serves as a development center for us, um, while they, uh, manufacture solely in Vietnam through their sister facility. So that introduced a whole nother layer of complexity when, now yet there's actually a transfer of your development center in China to Vietnam where things will ultimately be manufactured. So when you're talking about 
Um, how do we look our, at our, our key production documentation, like our bill of materials, our standard operating procedure, um, any of the information we need behind quality and testing, you know, being able to smoothly hand off that information um, in time um, is all super critical and, and things that we try to, to continually get better at through our POM. So, um, Ava, um, I'm sure, uh, you know, from a factory's perspective, it's always great to have a continuous flow of orders, but, but when you have a sudden influx of orders, you know, maybe, a, maybe a brand or retailer is trying to chase, uh, quickly, um, what type of problems does that cause for, does that cause for you? Um, how does that stress, uh, your operations? Um, uh, how, how do you, how could a, a brand or retailer better communicate, um, to a factory partner like yourselves and, and help them and help you better handle um, this need to, you know, react and, and chase those orders uh, more efficiently? Um, the stress that we experience is the flexibility that we can, because by chasing the product means that we have to stop something from the production line so we can add in this new product to it. So, Flexibility will one of the um, the keyword that for a factory. So this is not only for um, my as a T1 T1 factory. It also be our my my supplier too because I need to get the material from them too. So how maybe it will be stressed from maybe having some additional um, um, inventory that on hand raw material that when we figure out there may be a spike in the POs in the orders that we have. So um, communicating not only from the brand, but also to our downstream operator too. Um, we understand when the order's coming, and then we also have to match with the material that we, when they are coming in, then at the same time, give it to the, our production line, then make that orders um, uh, priority, priorities that chasing, then have that into the market and ship those to the uh, our customer on time. So, Cody, I just I just want to go back to speed to market for a second. Um, you know, everyone is talking about this, and it seems to be uh, harder uh, said than done. Um, whether it's a, a cultural changes within the organization that need to happen, um, whether it's just just uh, lack of flexibility with the vendor base, but going digital. Um, and, and working, you know, with with uh, su- uh, you know suppliers and service providers like like Eccentric, to, do you feel that has helped your organization in achieving a speed to market strategy? Hey, absolutely. Um, you know, I think I think some people might say um, it's foundational. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of a lot of companies out there, and and we're probably part of it too, are still trying to figure out what does speed to market mean to us, and or to to the company or to you. Um, for us, in many ways, we're still trying to 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 work through that, but we have committed to you know to what that you know at least working to what we think that vision is. Um, but I think I think when I talk about you know our product. Um, PLM platform, it really helps us sit down and think, how do we want to support how we're talking about product? How do we want um, our data structure to look like? Um, And it sounds really boring and bland, but it's really foundational um, elements. It's, you know, how do we define um, 
again, how do we define our master data? What does it mean to us may not uh, not mean the same thing on the other side of the building or, or on the other side of the world? Um, so it really gives you a platform um, in which to digitize your conversation, um, in which to uh, quickly tear down products, um, in which to quickly visualize costing and, and get to decision making, really. I mean, the quicker we can get to... Um, uh, the right decisions for our brand, the better we're going to set up um, our factory partners for success. You know, it's hard to imagine that that almost everyone today is not um, utilizing the technology that is available. We um, we recently did a survey at Sourcing Journal and found that a tremendous amount of companies are still very analog or still utilizing Excel, which is hard to believe. Um, and they they attribute the the difficulty in and and really making the switch is that they're not getting the buy in from from the higher ups from the C level, whether it's a, 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 a financial commitment or a time commitment or just a lack of understanding. Um, when it came to to getting a buy in, um, you know, what what was it that that helped you really? Um, I, adopt this throughout the company, you know, and what kind of due diligence does one have to do before they make a decision or figure out what the right partner is? Yeah. I mean, great questions there. And I agree with you a hundred percent on kind of, you know, um, companies kind of struggling with making this decision. I would say from, from our standpoint, um, one thing that we were very lucky with is we had some key leaders in our company that early on realized that, um, we needed this. Um, and they didn't necessarily know all the specifics of how we were get we were going to get there, but they they knew that they needed to set a vision for getting there, right? Um, and it wasn't pretty. I mean, um, Centric is not our first uh, PLM system, um, and so it took us a couple of tries to kind of figure out like what's the best way we want to go about it. But you need to set you know from the from the top down or from within your leadership within your team. Uh, or your department, there needs to be a vision set and a commitment. And that commitment doesn't just land in the hands of um, that leader and the person responsible for the system, but it also lands uh, on the entire team. Because if you want a successful global platform, there has to be buy-in everywhere, right? Um, So that that was really key. And then as far as the question on like, how do you go about making the, you know, making that, that call and what's the right decision? Again, I mean, you got to go about knowing like what your processes are, um, what's important to you, what's the, how do you want to align your data to the vision of the company? Um, but you have to do a lot of foundational, uh, I call X's and O's work, right? What is what is our playbook for data going to look like, and how do we want to then visualize that into a PLM system? But I think too many brands, um, from my experience, are saying, "Well, we need this," but I would imagine not enough of them are willing to put the work in to really understand how to make that a reality. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it takes a quite a bit of time uh, to get not only the, the company, you know, the, the, the stakeholders within the company to, to adopt it, but all everyone to utilize it, to adopt it and then get the factory partners to, to, to buy in and, and start using it. So it's, I think there's a, there's a, a patience that, that people have to have, and it's not an overnight um, ROI, but I think that's, that's a big, um, uh, a big change that needs to happen and that we often seem is a stopgap and, and, you know, allowing companies to become more efficient. It's their own, they're their own worst enemies at the end of the day, I think in, in many cases. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to put an ROI on something that in many ways can be looked at as as a ongoing innovation. Exactly. Right. Um, and that's how we, we try to look at it is it's, you know, we don't just innovate with great products. We try to innovate with great processes and, and systems and, and the way we, we talk about the product. So um, it's, it's hard to uh, it's hard to kind of sell that in many, many ways. But, um, you know, a, another way to think about it, too, is you don't have to boil the whole ocean with the whole system and have it turned on and, and working. You know, we, we, we introduced elements of it and functions of it bit by bit based on what we thought was important to us at the time. Right, right. So I kind of want to um, pivot for a little bit. Um, Ava, I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say on this topic, but I'm going to start out with, with Cody. Um, so when we talk about partnerships, uh, specifically between retailers, suppliers, and factories, um, you'll often hear from a factory um, that they don't feel that it's an equal partnership. You know, when things are good, it's a partnership. When things are bad, the factory's got to make good on, on, on an issue. Why has it been uh, so important and beneficial uh, for, the, for, the, for Crocs as a business to form long-term relationships with factories like uh, Futai um, what has been some of those tangible benefits? Um, and, and do you think that, that having a long-term relationship with a factory um, over time helps streamline the process? Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the why there first. Um, I mean, you know, so I always say like, um, and we kind of joke around here, but we're really not a typical footwear company. Um, so you know, so when you approach a factory and say, hey, we, we're going to build some some shoes with you and they say, oh, great, we'll get the stitching line up or whatever else and say, no, we're going to build molded product with you guys. You know, not not every manufacturer has built their business model um, or their technical acumen around around building molded footwear. So so really, first and foremost, we need to make sure we have partners that understand that we are not a typical footwear company. And, and many times we we um, our, our product and our processes don't match the typical footwear company. Um, secondly, you know, we're still a very young brand. Um, you know, Crocs was, was originally founded in 2002. Um, you know, I started here at the company in 2007. Um, and in many ways, we're still kind of like building the plane as we're flying. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're, we're not, we don't know where we're going directionally. In fact, I think we very much know where we're going directionally. Um, but we still have a lot of work to do, right? And so having a partner that understands that we're very new as a brand, and in, in many ways, we're still trying to kind of figure it out, um, is key. So, you know, being able to build that trust and that relationship, um, and then obviously having the technical acumen to to deliver great, great quality molded product um, is huge for us. Um, the benefits on that it, you know, are pretty simple, um, high quality, you know, brand relevant product, um, you know, delivered to, to our global markets on time. Um, there's a lot more behind that, but at the end of the day, really, that's what we're trying to do. So Ava, you know, when you hear these examples that, that Cody speaks of, it's clear to see the advantages, but you and I, and everyone knows that brand and retailers often jump around when it comes to production and placing orders from your perspective, um, what would you like to say to all the brands and re, uh, brands and retailers out uh, out there? How does it benefit a brand to stick with a factory over the long haul and invest in solutions that are mutually beneficial 
you know, like a PLM rather than just jumping around, trying to save a few cents here and there? Um, I think, as Cody said, every brand is different. So it does take time for a factory to understand or get used to what a brand's culture is. So that takes time. And then with partnership, we have to have trust. And that trust does take time to to have factory to contribute contribute um, into our the relationship. So um, I think uh, a long term partnership does help because uh, it gives the factory the idea and the two time to build up that trust together. Uh, Cody, do you feel that um, in in the, in the long term? Um, Although you may be able to get a factory to, to take an order for a little bit less here or there, that by sticking with the factory and building that long-term relationship, there's actually uh, a cost savings that you'll see. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's where where brands and companies need to decide. You know, kind of what's port, what's important for it. Is it is it the do they need a quicker fix or or do they want to um, you know invest? Um, you know, with their partners. Um, and I think that's a decision every, every brand has to make. I think, I think from our aspect, the benefit obviously of these long-term relationships um, is this kind of what Eva mentions, this trust, um, empathy, um, being able to understand where kind of each, each group is coming from. Um, and it, it, what it opens up for on kind of like a cost saving sides is innovation um, innovation around simplicity of product design, um, innovation on how we manufacture. Um, that's not just um, a benefit for the brand, but it can also be a benefit for you know, the factory side as well. Um, and it, it works well with us because inherently um, our best products um, are, um, and manufacturing processes are both inherently simple. In fact, being inherently simple is a, you know, a brand value for Crocs. So, um, finding innovations with the, the kind of the right product or the manu- manufacturing process um, is really where that familiarity, trust, and experience pays dividends. Mm-hmm. So, Ava, Cody, we, we could we could go on for hours uh, and really you know dive into to each of the topics discussed today, but um, we're going to close. Um, for anyone that is listening that would like to get in touch with 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 either of you. Is there, um, could you just maybe suggest a LinkedIn or is there a Twitter or is there an email, some way that, that, that the audience could get in touch with you guys? Cody, what would be the best means uh, to reach you? Yeah, guys. So I am on LinkedIn and probably the easiest way you can, you can look me up is just Cody Bumgarner. Um, and again, you can find me through, through Crocs there. All right. And um, Ava. Thank you for your time. Anyone looking to get in touch with you or, or to work with Food Thai, what would be the best way re- of reaching you? Um, you can reach me through my email. So it's eva.law.com. Okay. So thank you again uh, for your time. And until next time, this is Eddie Hertzman with Sourcing Journal. Take care.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.